Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's for his glory. Good morning, everybody. Um, My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to thank you so much and welcome you to Link Church this morning. Man, God is doing some awesome things in the life of Link Church. And guess what, y'all? We're starting a brand new series today, a brand new sermon series, and it's entitled Love Letters. Love Letters. February is the love month, and um, it's all about love and loving your spouse, loving your significant other, even loving your family, loving friends. And so we're going to get into some love stuff this month and i'm excited about it because one of the most powerful forces in this world is love do y'all know that i mean love is so powerful it has the ability to drive out hate it has the ability to drive out pain love the bible says covers a multitude of sin And so we're excited about this series today. And I want you, as we go through this series, to think about as God releases his word and his sermon, to think of it as a letter. I believe that God um, has given me these sermons, and it's going to be like a letter. Like God is talking to you about things that are going on in your life, and he wants to expose to you some of his thoughts, some of his heart. And I believe it's going to be a blessing. So let's get right into it. We are in Genesis chapter 17. I'm going to read it in your hearing out of the New King James Version. The Bible reads this way. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Let's go to verse 10. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Let's skip down a few more verses to verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant 
and with his descendants after him. I'm going to pause right there. Today's subject is a promise is a promise. A promise is a promise. Let us bow our heads. God, we thank you for your word today. Let your word do its work. We are, God, sitting at your table, ready to read your love letter. I pray that you'll speak to us today, God, exactly what we need. We come against the forces of darkness and let your word prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Y'all take your seat. Relax. Get comfortable. Because God wants to speak to us through his love letter today. Abram, the patriarch of God. He is probably one of the most well-known characters in our Bible. He is the father of the Jewish faith. He is also the forefather of faith as it relates to us as Christians. We perhaps have heard the story of Abram and Abraham multiple times. And we know that God called Abraham out of his land, out of his country, Ur of the Chaldeans. He called him out of that land. And he was bringing Abraham to a land that he would show him. Abraham was going by the sheer direction of God. He did not know details. He did not get a map. He did not get the GPS. He did not have Siri in his pocket to tell him and give him instructions. But he had to lean solely on the direction and the voice of God. And God brought him to the land of Canaan, y'all. And if you read your Bible in Genesis chapter 12, you'll see that Abraham, Abram at that time, landed in the land of Canaan. And when he got there, y'all, there was a famine. Wait up, wait, wait, wait. God told him he would bring him to a land that was blessed, a land that was great. He was going to make Abraham's name great, but he brings him to a land, and immediately when he gets there, there's a famine. Has God ever brought you to a place, and it doesn't look like the same place he showed you before you got there? I mean, has, has God ever granted you the most unbelievable job on paper? on paper but when you get there monday morning you're like hold up god hold up hold up this is not what i signed up for i did not sign up for this famine and god told abraham that i'm gonna bless you i'm gonna bless your seed your seed shall be like the sand along the seashore your seed shall be innumerable like the sand <clears throat> Like, like the stars in heaven. I'm going to bless you in such a great and powerful way. And Abram goes through many things. He goes through many struggles. He has to continue his faith. But we pick up his story in Genesis chapter 17. And Abraham, or Abram still at this time, he is 99 years old. When God called him out of his homeland, he was 75, which means that he is 99, 24 years later, and he still does not have a son of promise. Are you willing to wait on God? 
for 24 years. Now, I'm not telling you that you got to wait 24 years. But do you have enough faith to wait as long as it takes? God is writing you a love letter today. And he wants, to, he wants to confirm certain things in your life. And he wants you to know and to realize that you may have to wait. But if you wait, the promise will be yours. He appears to Abram and he says to Abram in the first few verses of chapter 17, I am the almighty God. And if you go to the Hebrew text, you will know that that name of God is El Shaddai. He appears to Abram as El Shaddai, meaning the mighty God, because God is trying to show Abraham a new side of himself. He is ready to show Abram his might and his power. Now, there is somebody sitting in this auditorium today, and you need a specific attribute and characteristic of God to show up in your life. You don't necessarily need Jehovah Jireh to provide for you because you can put food on your table. You don't necessarily need Jehovah Rapha, your healer, because there's nothing going on that's wrong in your body. But there is somebody in this auditorium that needs El Shaddai, the mighty God, to show up right now in your life. I mean, there is some situation that you are going through that you need God to show himself strong in. I don't know what you're going through, but I believe that in the spirit, God is giving me an inkling into our situation today. And you need the mighty God, the strong God, the complete God, the sovereign God, the God that has never been defeated. That's the God that you need to show up. The God that has never lost a battle. That's the God that you need to show up. If you could have done the work and if you could have made it happen by yourself then you would not need El Shaddai but is there anybody in the auditorium today that needs the mighty God I mean I need God to be mighty in my marriage right now I need God to be mighty with these crazy kids right now these kids are so crazy I need him to be real mighty because these kids are driving me crazy crazy. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. I, I, and I need God to be mighty. I mean mighty. Maybe you need God to open up a door in your finances and you just been going through trouble. You've been going through trial. You don't know how you're going to make it work and you need God to do a miracle. Is there anybody that needs God to do a miracle in your life today? I mean, I need the miracle working power of God. He comes to Abram and he says, I am the mighty God. I am the mighty God. And he says to Abraham or to Abram still, he says that I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And I want to talk about covenant today, y'all. 
because all of us in here, or most of us, hopefully not the kids yet, uh, uh, most of us in here have experienced love on some level. Well, actually the kids too. Because they, they may not have love as it relates to a significant other. But maybe they, they should have love for their parents, right? So all of us know what it feels like and what it means to love. And embedded and nestled at the core of love is covenant. Because God cannot do anything in the earth without first establishing covenant, y'all. I mean, covenant is so powerful. It's not a word we often use in our 21st century, but God is a God of covenant. When God came to Adam, rather, and he came in fellowship with Adam, he established the Adamic covenant. When God came to a man named Moses and he had grace upon, sorry, a man named Noah and he had grace upon this man named Noah, he established the Noahic covenant. God saw a man named David, a man that was after his own heart. He established the Davidic covenant. And even in our New Testament time, we see in Acts that God established a promise. He established a covenant and he told 120 folks to go in an upper room and wait for the promise or the covenant of the Father. Wait for the Holy Ghost to come. And when Peter was talking about this covenant, Peter said that the promise, this Holy Ghost, is unto you and unto your children and unto your children's children and to all those that are far off because God works through covenant. I mean, even when God wants to separate himself or wants to judge somebody, he uses covenant because God is a God of promises and covenant. He said to the serpent in the garden that, that the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. That's a covenant. Yeah, even when he was a little bit sorrowful because he destroyed the earth with a flood. He gave a promise, a covenant to the people of the earth. And he said, I will not destroy the earth by flood again. So I'm going to put a rainbow in the clouds because I'm a God of covenant. And God is trying to establish covenant with us today. Because covenant is significant. Covenant is more than just a simple promise. And the question today is, are you in covenant with your God? I'm not talking about, do you go to church? I'm not talking about, do you even read your Bible? Are you in covenant with God? If you would only be able to discern the voice of God today that is trying to articulate to you how much he loves you and how much he desires to get close to you. He wants to be in covenant with you. And he says to Abram, 
the first thing I'm going to do when I'm ready to establish covenant with you is I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. Because Abram means father. It means good father. But Abraham means father of many. And before God can come into covenant with you, you have to know that God does not want to be in covenant with who you were. But God wants to be in covenant with who he has called you to be. God will require you to rebrand yourself. Hallelujah. God is a brand specialist. He is all about his name and his brand. And if you're going to represent him and be in covenant with him, you have got to rebrand who you are. Because God will not assimilate to the culture of your brand. But you've got to come into connection with the culture of his brand. And so he requires that your name be changed. Come on, Saul. I hear you, Saul. In the New Testament, Saul was a zealous man. He was a killer of Christians, but he knew the law. And before God could use Saul as Paul, he had to change his brand. Hallelujah. What is your brand? What do people get when they get you? Who are you? What is your purpose? What is your brand? Do you have a slogan? Do you have a theme? Do you have core values? Come on, y'all. You don't know this? You are a walking, breathing brand. Yeah, you're a walking, breathing brand. What does your brand say about you? Does it say that you are a sad person? That, that when you walk into the room, Eeyore walks into the room. Yeah. What is your brand? Is your brand filled with depression? Is your brand filled with pain of the past? What is your brand? You see, he had to rebrand Abram into Abraham. Because he could not bless Abram, he could only bless Abraham. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. You see, the anointing of God will not fall on who you were. But the anointing of God only falls on who he has called you to be. I feel God in here. When God was anointing David as king and Samuel was ready to pour the oil on David, he could not bless David in the field. But he only blessed David in whom he was being called to be. I feel like the anointing of God is ready to pour on somebody's purpose today. But you cannot stay where you are. God is releasing his love letter to you today. And God wants to push you out of where you've been. I know it's been a long road. I know it's been a long journey. And you've been wondering when is God going to do it? And when is God going to bring you out? And when is God's promises? When are his promises going to be manifested and realized? But you've got to take the first step and you've got to be willing to be rebranded. 
and step into who God has called you to be. You are not a loser, but you are a brand specialist. You are not a loser, but God has called you to have businesses. I feel God in here today. You are not a loser, but God has called you to be the manager, the CEO. God has called you to be the leader. You can't stay in the mail room all the days of your life. There is businesses locked up in you. There is greatness locked up in you. And you've got to be ready to step out of who you were into who God has called you to be. This is his love letter. And he is writing it on your heart today. And he is saying you may be like Abraham. You may have been stuck for 24 years waiting on a promise. But he's saying, I'm here today ready to rebrand who you are. Hallelujah. And he steps into covenant with Abram. And he says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless your seed. And when I'm ready to bless you now, I'm going to change your name, number one. Number two, I'm going to give you a sign. How many people in here want a sign from God? I mean, come on, Jesus. You're giving all these signs in the Bible. Where's my sign? Where, where, where is my sign? And some people have erroneously um, interpreted circumcision to be the covenant. When circumcision was never the covenant, it was a sign of the covenant. And if you mistake signs to be the thing, then you will always miss God. So a lot of people, when they get the sign, they put their stock and their hopes and their joy in the sign. And they take the sign to be the covenant. But the sign is never the covenant. Because when God gives you a brand new car, it's a sign of his covenant. When God gives you a job, it's a sign of his covenant. When God blesses you with a business or an opportunity, it's a sign of his covenant. And how many people look at what God has done, look at the sign and mistake the sign to be the real thing? So you take all of your days in the rituals of, of giving, giving homage and paying respect to the things that he's blessed you with. So you cherish your car, you cherish your house, you cherish your job, and you cherish all those things above the greater thing. And God says, I am the lover of your soul and I will bless you with things. But never take the signs to be the covenant. Never take what I give you to, to be the thing that replaces me. So you're so connected to your job that you can't come to church no more. Because every Sunday you're wrapped up in your job. Every Sunday you're off building your business. When, when God has said, I, I just gave that to you as a sign. It's not the covenant. I, I give you, I bless you with a relationship. And now that somebody loves you 
and cares for you. Now you don't love me no more. I've been replaced by your significant other. It was just a sign of my covenant. And in our, in our day today, circumcision is, is, is a, uh, when I talk about circumcision, when I read it in the Bible, Osby, it, it just makes me cringe. The thought that as a grown man, without the surgical and, and the sterilized instruments of today, the thought of a jagged rock coming in contact with my most prized possession. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It gives me the, the shivers, sends shivers up my spine. And he said to Abraham, I'm going to require you to do this. And I would have loved to be one of the descendants of Abraham and not those that were already alive at the time. Because at least the descendants got circumcised when they were eight days old. But these grown men had to, had to cut themselves as a sign of the covenant. And I want to tell you that with the sign of a covenant, the Lord will always, always require a commitment. You can't be in covenant with God and him not require commitment. Right. Hallelujah. And we live in this culture today where we are non-committal, non-confrontational. We don't commit to anything for the fear of being politically incorrect. We don't commit to our faith because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't commit to what we believe in. We don't even judge anybody anymore. We don't help anybody and tell them where they're wrong because we're afraid that they're going to turn around and say, you can't judge me. You can't judge me because look at your life. How are you going to judge me? Well, if we don't judge each other, how are we going to help each other? It's not out of my perfection that I judge you. It's out of my desire to help you. And if I help you, then you can, you can help me too. We live in this culture where nobody's committed. We don't want to commit to anything. We, we're afraid to sign stuff. We, we're afraid to sign documents. Like when we buy a house, we're going through that, those closing documents with a fine-tuned comb. We're, fine-tooth comb. We're, we're, we're just going through it. And making sure that they're not trying to trick us. And, you know, I, I'm so nervous to sign documents sometimes. I don't even sign the documents at the doctor's office. Y'all ain't with me. I'm like, what, what are all these papers for? Why are you asking all that? So I just hand them to my wife. You, you, you read them. And if we get in trouble, it's your fault. I mean... I remember when I was trying to buy some electronics from Best Buy. And it was a sizable, significant purchase. So you know when you buy these expensive electronics, they have all this paperwork at the end. They try and sell you all this protection. They sell you, try and sell you all this insurance. I don't need your insurance. I got God. It's like, no. I, I, Sometimes you need to get that protection, right? The Apple Care will, 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 will help you. 
will help you. But, but I remember this one time, I was at the counter checking out, and I was putting in my PIN number, and then, then all of this language came up on the screen. And he was like, don't worry about that, just click yes, just click yes, just click yes. And I'm like, hold on, player, hold, hold up, player. What do you mean, just click yes? I need to read this thing because I don't want Best Buy calling me talking about I owe them more money or talking about I got extra payments or I signed up for another credit card. Yeah, they're always trying to get you with extra credit cards. So we're all, we live in this society where we're afraid to commit. We're afraid to sign. But you can never be in covenant with Jesus and not commit. And maybe your purpose is hanging on the fringes of your destiny and you've never stepped fully into your purpose because you've been afraid to commit. You've been afraid to commit to the love of God. I mean, he's been releasing it to you and he's been saying to you, I want you to commit on a greater level. I want you to commit to spending more time with me. I want you to be committed to this thing. In the past, you started out right, but then you failed. You, you started reading your Bible every day, but then you got busy. Yeah, and you're not as committed as you were. But God wants to raise somebody's commitment level in here. In order for you to see the promises of God, you've got to be committed. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody's situation today. You got to be committed to this thing. You got to be committed to your purpose. You got to be committed to your destiny. You got to be committed to your God because love does not work without commitment. You can't love anybody right without commitment. And marriages fail at a high rate today. Not because people are incompatible. Not because love has waned. But because people are no longer committed. Because marriage takes more than just love. It takes a commitment to say, I'm going to stick with this thing. And so, if God requires that of your human love, it's, it's no coincidence why we are not seeing the promise of God in our life. Because we lack commitment. And what is God asking you to be more committed to? Maybe God wants you to be more committed to volunteering. Maybe God wants you to take the next step and fully jump into a great local church. Maybe God wants you to be more committed to taking three minutes at the beginning of your day and talking to him. Maybe God wants you to be more committed as it relates to your goals and aspirations and asking his opinion on it first rather than doing it and then dragging him along later. Hallelujah. 
God is looking for you to be committed. And I believe God is writing a love letter to somebody today. And he is talking to you. And as I was preparing this sermon, God began to write in my heart what I believe is a love letter for somebody in here. And he began to write this letter. And we're going to put it up on the screen because this is for somebody today. And he wrote, he wrote this letter for you. And it says, daily in anticipation you ponder, wondering how long it will take. Thoughts of anxiety and confusion plague your mind, even from the time you wake. You probably think that, that I've forgotten about you and the many times you've cried. But I'm wondering who maliciously caused you to forget that you were the apple of my eye. You see, a promise is only as good as its origin and its source. I'm not like the others who've repeatedly failed you. I've checked your future and we're still on course. So don't settle for Ishmael because Isaac is on the way. And I know the way life looks right now. This love letter sounds cray cray. But if there's one thing you know is that my words are not void, never empty. A promise is a promise. And I promise that your famine will become plenty that's God's word for somebody today and if you want this we'll send it to you because I believe that's a word for somebody because a promise is a promise and if God promised you Isaac you cannot settle for Ishmael. In, in, in Genesis 17, going down to, I believe, verse 17, uh, God talks to Abraham now. And when he, when he tells Abraham that he's going to bless him with a son, Abraham falls on his face and he laughs. And he says, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 90 years old, keep going. And, and Abraham said to God, he laughed and he said, oh, that Ishmael will live before you. You see, Abraham had waited so long for the promise that when God came to ratify his covenant and substantiate it, Abraham was so much living in his past that he could not see that God had a, a, had a choice son for him had a promise for him so Abraham laughed at the promise of God 
Have you ever laughed at what God has promised you and said, God, no, I'm too old for that. Ha, ha, ha. That's silly. I'm too old for that. God, no, no, no way. That's too far gone. I should have done that when I was young. I should have gone to school when I was young. I should have, I should have taken the course when I was in my 20s. But God is trying to tell you today, a promise is a promise. It's not too late for you to start that business. It's not too late for you to engage in that relationship. It's not too late for you to find a husband. It's not too late for you to find a wife. It's not too late for you to have an offspring. It's not too late because a promise is my God in here. I feel God. A promise is a promise. And stop settling for Ishmael because Ishmael is not the promise. Stop settling for the half blessing of God because God is ready to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. God is ready to blow your mind. God wants to pour out a blessing. You don't have room to receive. Is there anybody in here that doesn't want to settle for Ishmael? Is there anybody in here that is believing and trusting God for your Isaac? Oh my God. I want to tell somebody today, Isaac is on the way. Isaac is on the way. Find a neighbor. Turn to them and say, Isaac is coming. Isaac is coming. My gosh, come on. Isaac is coming. Isaac is coming. I don't know what you're going through, but Isaac is coming. I don't know how much you've cried, but Isaac is coming. I don't know how much you're worried about it, but Isaac, Isaac, Isaac is coming because Ishmael is not the real thing. And when I looked at the text, y'all, I never saw this before. And it's always been there. But if you read Abraham's story, the problem and the predicament of having a son, the problem doesn't lie with Abraham. Oh, when I saw this, and I always read it, but I didn't understand it this way. The problem didn't lie with Abraham. Because there was nothing wrong with Abraham's reproductive organs. We know that because Abraham produced Ishmael. So if there's nothing wrong with Abraham, then where is the problem? And, and the problem is with Sarah. Oh, oh, because it takes two to produce the promise of God. Oh, y'all ain't here today. It takes two to produce and procure the promises of God. And methods matter to God. So you, Abraham, you cannot produce by yourself and expect me to just anoint it and bless it. Hallelujah. You cannot just produce because you have the ability to and just think that I'm going to get behind your agenda. 
But God was trying to say to Abraham that it just doesn't matter who you are. It matters who you connect to. Oh, oh. Jesus in here, I feel God. In order for the promise to come to pass, you got to have the right connections. You can't do this thing by yourself. And if Sarah is always barren, you'll never see the promise of God in your life. But if you could ever find the right one, hallelujah, mm, I feel God, find the right one. Not that joker, uh, hallelujah, not that, not that person out there that is a player, nah, nah, not that one that abuses you and talks about you, not the one that doesn't treat you right, but find the right one. Because the Bible says that when two or three are gathered together, touching anything concerning me, I am in the midst to bless. And there's nothing wrong with your business. It's just that you don't got the right partner. You don't have the right partner. There's nothing wrong with your life. I'm not telling you. I'm not trying to disrupt your house. I'm not trying to disrupt your relationship. But maybe you need to check your connection. Hallelujah. Because the promise is not procured with Hagar. Because... A promise is a promise, and the promise must come through Sarah. And you can't do this thing by yourself. This is for all the people in here today. You're doing life by yourself without God. The Bible says one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And here's where the connection to God makes the difference. If you're called to be single, great. You'll never need to hook up with somebody when you're called to be by yourself. Don't, don't hook up with people when God has given you a specific calling. You got to know what God has called you to be because it doesn't matter if that person is good doesn't matter if they're a great person, but if you're not supposed to connect to them, it'll never produce the promise. So when the Bible says one shall put a, a thousand to flight and two shall put 10,000 to flight, it's not really you and somebody else that puts 10,000 to flight. It's you and God. Because you can kill a thousand by yourself. But with God on your side, he'll do 9,000 because he's your backup. And I want to release this word into somebody's life today. That God has not forgotten about you. And that a promise is a promise. And if God gave you a promise, hallelujah, if God showed you something, 
if God promised or you were praying and he spoke something to you or, or maybe a friend told you something and it resonated with your spirit or maybe a pastor preached something and you're believing God for it and you have not seen it yet, I want to tell you today that a promise is a promise. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you've been through because Ishmael is not it. Isaac is the one and you've got to wait on God. God is releasing his love to somebody today and he wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to keep on pushing. He doesn't want you to stop here. Oh, I feel in my spirit that somebody was ready to give up today somebody was ready to throw in the towel today somebody was saying you know what God if this church is not the one I'm done with church I'm, but God wants to reassure you that you can't be done with church because this is the promise that you've been looking for hallelujah this is the promise that will unlock your purpose this is the promise where God will do great things in your life somebody ought to lift your hands in this moment somebody ought to cry out to God in this moment because a promise is a promise and God will fulfill every promise that he made to you God loves you God cherishes you and I believe that Isaac is coming I'm done so everybody stand oh I believe that that Isaac is on the way. I believe that Isaac is on the way. I believe that God is releasing a promise over your life. The devil is a liar in here today. The devil is a liar. I bind every force of hell that wants you to give up on your promise. You've been waiting a long time. You've been waiting for years. But a promise, hallelujah, Shama, hallelujah, a promise is a promise, hallelujah, I feel God today as we start this series called Love Letters, God wants to assure you that he knows what you're going through, he hears you, he sees you. You may feel like your window of opportunity has passed, but a promise is a promise. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.